Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 38 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TNT. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 94 of Rust Subtopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW continues. And last night was AW Dynamite airing live from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we are two days away from the final AEW pay-per-view of the year, Full Gear going down live from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota on pay-per-view and Bleacher Report. And I have to say, the next-to-last go-home show for this pay-per-view was pretty damn good last night. Great wrestling up and down the card, which is complemented by a couple of heat angles to definitely add some spice heading into Saturday's pay-per-view. And I'm so happy to report that the crescendo hit perfectly for Full Gear. The same happened for All Out as well, as you have Rampage now as the perfect secondary show to give you that final hard push for a major pay-per-view event. It's a great tool to really say, here's what you can expect on the pay-per-view. Here are some more complimentary pieces to really add some dimensions and layers to the final pay-per-view from AEW this year. And that is the beauty of AEW television, building things up to a perfect crescendo to set the stage for a very exciting pay-per-view this weekend. And without further ado, let's take a deep dive into last night's AEW Dynamite, which kicked off with the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And we got some insider information courtesy of the AEW Twitter account, as we found out earlier in the day that the legend, the rainmaker, the current G1 Climax winner, Kazuchika Okada, has given his blessing to Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, Chuck Taylor, and Willa Yuta to join Rocky Romero as a part of Chaos. And that can only mean one thing, in that Okada might be paying a trip to AEW very soon. And that makes me incredibly happy to see the Rainmaker stateside on national television. What a moment that would be. But let's pump the brakes. It's only baby steps, but a big step nonetheless. And this was a great way to kick off last night's Dynamite as Danielson and Romero put on a show for 10 plus minutes. And this was all about working over body parts early on. Danielson going after the left leg of Romero. Rocky going after the left arm of Danielson. Out of counters and transitions early on, which resulted in Danielson going on the outside for a bit and being confronted by his doppelganger. Orange Cassidy, as we may remember a couple of years ago, Danielson was attacked by the fiend and when he came back he shaved his hair beard was gone and he looked exactly like orange cassidy it was the citrus dragon versus the american dragon face to face for the first time in aw and i want to see that match on pay-per-view and or television very soon but as orange put his hands in his pockets it gave rocky romero the chance to deliver a tope on the outside before taking the action back in the ring where he lit up danielson with some more chops to the chest but danielson got fired up and he delivered a series of chops and kicks with the chest of romero for good measure romero wanted more and danielson gave him more before locking in the romero special very fitting and he tried to turn that romero special into a dragon sleeper variation that was broken up by Romero a short time later. Eventually, Brian is back on the outside, which allows Romero to deliver a running hurricanrana off the steel steps of Danielson on the floor before hitting a standing slice spread number two back in the ring for another near fall. Both men are fighting on the ropes at this point, and Danielson's going for that avalanche. 
belly to back suplex, but is countered with a crossbody in midair by Romero for another close near fall. And from there, this is all about both men going after a body part. The leg of Romero for Danielson and the left arm of Danielson for Rocky Romero. And they're trading arm breakers and they're trading tequila sunrises and ankle locks and heel hooks. It's spectacular. Eventually, Brian is able to get back on his feet by delivering a powerbomb to Rocky Romero, followed by a buzzsaw kick. But Romero's not going to give up. They're still fighting back and forth a bit, trading strikes. And then Brian Danielson is able to counter another slice bread, number two, as Romero uses the ropes for leverage. He's able to bring him down and deliver those patented stumps to the face of Romero before locking in that tequila sunrise for the tap out win. An impressive victory for Danielson per the usual as he continues to find ways to make people tap in the middle of that ring. It could be a heel hook. It could be a tequila sunrise. It could be the label lock. It could be anything to put his opponents to sleep. And last night was no exception as Romero tapped out despite a really strong effort in the ring against one of the best in the world today. And Danielson continues to prove why he is one of the absolute best in the game today. And he is quickly running up the ranks towards being wrestler of the year with a month and a half to spare. And Danielson will continue that campaign this Saturday at full gear as he faces Miro in the finals of the World Championship Eliminator Tournament. And that should absolutely be a show stiller with two guys that rarely work together in WWE, if my memory serves me correctly, because Danielson was out a lot due to neck and head injuries and Rusev, was pretty dominant in 2015 prior to losing to John Cena at WrestleMania, despite his awesome entrance on that fucking tank that remains unforgettable to this day. So I cannot wait to see what magic they produce in AEW, especially with a shot at the AEW championship on the line. Next up is Chris Jericho alongside the rest of the inner circle, including reigning defending TNT champion Sammy Guevara, Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager. And they are immediately attacked from behind by American top team. And what a beatdown it was as Chris Jericho was brought down to size courtesy of Dan Lambert and company. And Dan Lambert was setting up a table in the ring as Dos Santos delivered a body shot to Sammy Guevara. We have the men of the year, Scorpio Sky wearing a great turtleneck, definitely a seasonal choice alongside Ethan Page as they slam Santana against the steel steps. We got Olarski beating down poor Jake Hager and Junior Dos Santos hitting him with a kendo stick for good measure. And then we have the men of the year bring a beat down Chris Jericho to Dan Lambert and they deliver a triple power bomb off the top rope to Chris Jericho. Jericho's laid out and the Scorpio Sky says, welcome to your future because we're going to guarantee two things. First off, we're going to win. And number two, Dan Lambert is going to pin Chris Jericho in the middle of this ring. But before that, he's going to make him tap out right now. And Dan Lambert puts Jericho into Boston Crab, not the walls of Jericho. And we have Ethan Page forcefully making Jericho tap out as he says, that's a Boston Crab. And what a way to garner heel heat. Because quite frankly, I did not want to hear another Jericho promo about American Top Team. I wanted the heat to speak for itself via this beatdown. And for that, I'm more excited about this 515 Minneapolis street fight going down to full gear this Saturday. Next up is a six-woman tag team match featuring the AEW Women's World Champion Britt Baker alongside Jamie Hayter and Rebel against Ty Conti, Anna Jay, and Thunder Rosa. And things jumped off with a reprisal of one of the best damn feuds in AEW this year, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. And it was fun while it lasted as Britt quickly tagged out to Rebel and Rebel was getting beat down by Anna Jay and Thunder Rosa until Jamie Hayter distracted Anna Jay long enough to get beaten down by Britt Baker as we go picture in picture 
culture. We come back and Ty Conti gets the hot tag and she's whooping all kinds of ass with thrust kicks to Rebel, Jamie Hayter, and Britt Baker for a good measure. But she is quickly stopped by a triple team assault by the heels. And this backbreaker by Hayter to Ty Conti went horribly awry, went badly as it really didn't hit accordingly. And that laid out Ty for a bit who had to sell for a bit as the baby faces were worked over by the heels. But Thunder Rosa made a great comeback by laying out Jamie Hayter with an outstanding crossbody off the top rope onto the floor. It was stunning to see. Eventually, Ty Conti has Rebel cornered alone in the ring. And Britt Baker has an opportunity to save her girl, but she decides better of it. And that leads to Ty Conti hitting the DD tie on Rebel to score the win ahead of her AEW Women's World Championship match against Britt Baker this Saturday at Full Gear. This was an okay match, and I think I wanted a bit more focus on Ty Conti versus Britt Baker leading into Saturday's pay-per-view. I think this is the one match on the card that has received the least amount of hype, and we might get that via the countdown special following Rampage this Friday on TNT. But the most viewers you have are via Dynamite every Wednesday night. And you want to utilize that television real estate to the very best of your ability. And I think they fell short in hyping Conti versus Britt Baker in the best possible way. But there's time for a make good between now and the pay-per-view on Saturday. Next up is Jungle Boy versus Anthony Bowen from The Acclaimed. And Anthony Bowen has really impressed me the last couple of times he's been on TV facing the likes of Brian Danielson and now Jungle Boy. And he's holding his own during every outing. And Max Caster continues to have some barbs for Jungle Boy, including his inability to cut a promo. And Jungle Boy was not a fan of that line. And he was like, bitch, what did you say? And then the kicker was Jungle Boy allowing his girlfriend, Anna Jay, to hang out with seven dudes. And that is kind of funny. And Anna Jay popped for that on Twitter. And it leads to the matchup between Bowen and Jungle Boy, which was very good. Bowen has been very impressive as of late. And last night was no exception as Jungle Boy basically dominated from the onset with that beautiful double springboard into an arm drag that always pops the crowd. But his momentum is stunted courtesy of Max Castle tripping up Jungle Boy long enough for Bowen to knock Jungle Boy out of the ring. As we go picture in picture, we come back and Bowen's is on offense for a bit until Jungle Boy hits him with a lariat that knocks Bowen on his ass. He delivers a tope a short time later, and during this time, Max Castor continues to provide a distraction to ringside long enough for Bowen to hit that nasty twisting DDT between the ropes for a near fall. From there, Jungle Boy is able to fight back by locking in the snare trap a short time later on Bowen, and Max Castor is trying to wheel his partner to the ropes, but Jungle Boy flips him off, and Bowen taps out a short time later as Jungle Boy scores the win. But there's no time for Jungle Boy to celebrate as Bobby Fish comes out there and beats Jungle Boy's ass, which culminated in a nasty exploder suplex against the ropes as Jungle Boy is beat down in the ring. And fortunately, Christian and Luchasaurus is able to come to his rescue as Bobby Fish walks away. And all I thought about that entire time was Adam Cole, Bay Bay, Adam Cole, Bay Bay. And sure enough, we got the payoff backstage as Adam Cole introduces Bobby Fish to the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks are very familiar with Robert Fish and they know there is no dispute that this is the elite era in AEW but any friend of Adam's is a friend of ours and Adam says 
This is only the beginning because I want Bobby Fish to send a more direct message to Jungle Boy this Friday on Rampage to make sure he softened up a bit more ahead of our Falls County Anywhere match at Four Gear this Saturday. And that match is official for tomorrow night as it will be Bobby Fish versus Jungle Boy. And that should be a lot of fun. But I love the tie-in of the history between Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. And we know there is a third member of the Undisputed Era who is about to make a pretty transformative decision in the next few weeks. And Kyle O'Reilly, will he stay in NXT 2.0? Will he go somewhere else, preferably AEW, to reunite the crew, which sets up a lot of future stories between the group that cannot call themselves Undisputed Era versus the Elite. And that should be a lot of fun heading into 2022. Next up is a parking lot dispute in progress. CM Punk and Eddie Kingston are trying to tear each other apart in the parking lot. But we have everybody that's in the area trying to break up the fight from Ruby Soho to Dustin Rhodes to other people of importance backstage. And the funniest part was Eddie Kingston trying to run towards CM Punk. He's not known for his speed, but he tried to get to him. And that was quite the sight. But I'm looking forward to this match this Saturday on pay-per-view as these guys burned the mic up this past Friday on Rampage. And I expect them to have a hell of a match this Saturday at Full Gear. And I expect Eddie Kingston to possibly have his second best match in AEW within the span of two weeks. And CM Punk possibly delivering his best match, not only in AEW, but since that outstanding television match against John Cena on a Monday Night Raw roughly eight years ago, heading into that year's WrestleMania from New York, New Jersey. That's how great this match could be against Kingston with Punk 100% healthy to boot. Next up is my favorite match of the night featuring Matt Seidel and the debuting on Dynamite Lee Moriarty versus Dante Martin and Leah Rush, who also made his Dynamite debut. This was glorious to watch. Dante Martin and Lee Moriarty, my God, their work together was seamless. It was like water floating in a river. It was smooth as butter. And the fact that Dante was able to counter a kip up from Lee and turn it into a roll up was pretty damn special. And he picked the ankle of Lee too because Lee Moriarty is known for being a technician in the ring. He's known for picking a body part and going after it. And for Dante to go in that bag last night and meet Lee move for move was pretty damn impressive. And that really goes to his level of entering acumen at this stage in his career to be able to not just be a high flyer, but be a guy that can do ground and pound to be a guy that can slow down the pace. Knowing how fast he is, is going to be a true sign of his versatility as a performer, as he gains more experience between the ropes. Eventually Matt Seidel and Leo Rush got in the ring as the legal men, and they were very testy against each other as they traded high spots and Leo slapping Matt Seidel, which is quite the moment. And eventually we have Leah Rush hitting Masadel with a step-up Rana. And all four men are in the ring, facing off and fighting as we go picture in picture. We go to a straight commercial break and we come back. And I got to say, this was the best timed comeback from commercial break I've seen this year. As we have that gorgeous delayed sunset flip, courtesy of Dante Martin, to Matt Seidel for a no fall, followed by a... Springboard missile drop kick to Seidel as well as Leah Rush gets in there, but he's knocked down courtesy of an uppercut 
thanks to Lee Moriarty. And from there, things get even better as Leah Rush is ducking and dodging his opponents before hitting that handspring double elbow to both Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. Then he delivers double topes on the outside as well. Then we have Seidel and Lee Moriarty avoiding some kind of double team high flying spot. My Seidel goes up and drops Leo Rush at a flying Rana, followed by Lee Moriarty grabbing Don Tamar with the overhead throw on the mat. And eventually Leo Rush delivers some cyclone and thrust kicks to both Moriarty and Matt Seidel, which allows Dante to hit that double springboard moonsault on Moriarty for the win. What a match. It wasn't always seamless. There's some clunky spots here and there, but the body of the match was so good. And Leo Rush, my goodness, was great. I'm not a big fan of the White Ranger power suit for whatever reason, but he was great last night. And Dante continues to show why he is going to be such a star in AEW for years to come. And I really enjoyed this from beginning to end. And this is only topped by the semi-main event, which I'll get to shortly. But before that, I have to mention an absolute squash match featuring Wardlow versus Rula Yuta. And Rula Yuta tried to do something from the top rope. It went awry. And Wardlow made him pay for it with a spine buster. And not one, not two, not three, but four power bombs that the indie crowd absolutely ate up. It made Warlow a baby face for a glorious three minutes as he hit that step up knee lift for the win that was very decisive in nature. After the match is over, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor check on Willow Yuta, who got beat down by Warlow only for Private Party to attack them from behind, which leads to Matt Hardy, who was watching the show thus far to jump over the barricade. He's still chair in hand and wrap it around Orange Cassidy's neck and deliver a twist of fate for good measure. And this leads to a lumberjack match between Hardy and Cassidy this Friday on Rampage. And no offense to both men, who I like very much, I am over this feud. At some point, Matt Hardy must put his hair on the line against Orange Cassidy. Otherwise, this feud is a waste of time. We already had poor Jack Evans loses hair a couple of months ago on Rampage. At some point, Matt Hardy's got to put up a shut up, lose your hair, or end this feud one way or another. Next up is the best match from last night's show. There's a difference between my favorite and the best. But this, between the ropes, was the best match last night, as it was the Bastard Pack versus one half of the AAA Tag Team Champions Dax Harwood. And what a match this was. And everybody that was actively a member of their crews or banned from ringside except Tully Blanchard for some reason. But he provided an assist when need be. But it was a minute until he got involved as Pac and Dax Harwood were trading counters, shoulder blocks into headlocks, into head scissors. The back and forth was great. The fans popped for it. And eventually Pac goes on the outside with the Fosbury flop on Dax Harwood as we go to commercial break. We come back and these guys are putting in that work and Dax Harwood is bleeding from his chest and I noticed there was a splatter of blood on the floor prior to the picture in picture and it was because Pac chopped his chest so fucking hard this guy began to bleed which was gnarly and Harwood was getting his ass beat in the corner and he got dropped with an avalanche brain buster which looks nasty every time Pac delivers it for a near fall. Then from his blind side Pack is going to deliver a shotgun drop kick to the back of Dax Harwood. This guy is laid out, and we have Pack drag him over in the middle of the ring for the black arrow. Harwood has a royal thought to roll out of the way in the nick of time, 
and he's back in his corner until he pulls him out the way as Pac is charging after him. And that allows Harwood to hit his own brain buster on Pac for good measure before going up top and delivering an avalanche belly to back suplex on Pac for a no fall. And he tops things off with a rebound off the ropes, lager bomb to Pac for the nearest of near falls. From there, both men are trading strikes. It's beautiful. They're trading near falls encounters until Pac catches him with the brutalizer and to preserve his arm, which has been taped up heavily prior to the matchup, Harwood taps out immediately because he's got a tag team title match against the Lucha Brothers alongside Casual. He's got to save something for Saturday. And Pac refuses to let go of the brutalizer submission until Casual comes out there to attack him from behind, which leads to the lights going out and Andrade Idolo and Malachi Black standing there all suited up. And they continue to put the boots to pack until the Lucha Brothers come out alongside Alex Abrahantis and Cody coming through the crowd. He gets a mixed reaction, but I do hear Cody chants as the crew runs down the full gear card for this Saturday. So at least in Indy, he's kind of liked on this night. And it sets up a tag team match featuring Cody and Pac against Malachi Black and Andrade Idolo for gear. And let it be known that the Minneapolis crowd is not going to be full on for Minneapolis. This is going to be a traveling crowd as for all AEW pay-per-views. And I can only imagine the reaction for Cody on that particular evening. Let the boo birds come out and let them come out loud and proud on Saturday night. And now it is time for our main event, the contract signing for the AEW World Championship match between the reigning defending champion Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page and Tony Schiavone is officiating this contract signing. And from the jump, I smelled a rat because there was a cameraman in the ring being very busy trying to get the angle right for this contract signing. So I knew something was up. But the performances from Omega and Paige on the mic made me forget for a moment that the fix was going to be in eventually. And Paige immediately signs his name on the dotted line and says he cannot wait to be champion on Saturday night and beat the man he was meant to beat last year at the very pay-per-view, his life kind of switched directions. And Omega says, this could have been you two years ago. This audience was made for you. This moment was made for you, but you wasn't ready for that moment because you always hopped off the horse and you was ready to get back on. But behind the scenes, it was me and the rest of the elite who picked your ass back up and got you on that horse to get you riding again. And here you are, ready to try, try again and fail as you always do, just like you did last year and just like you will Saturday night. And Kenny does not sign the contract just yet, but Hangman says, you know what? There was something you said to me after that match last year that stuck with me. You said, good job, Hanger. I'm proud of you. And I knew from the moment you said those words, you didn't mean it because you thought that would push me to a low point, thinking that I knew I wasn't good enough to beat you. I wasn't good enough to be AEW champion. You thought that my insecurities and doubt would get the best of me, but it didn't. Because I know deep down, you were afraid of me. And you're still afraid of me right now. And I know what it's like to be a part of a tag team and you think you don't measure up to your tag team partner. And I'm sure you feel the same way a long time ago that your tag team partner was way better than you. And you had to prove it by being the best bout machine and the god of professional wrestling. And you did that for well over a year almost. You are the guy and you proved him wrong. But now fear is staring you right in the face. And on Saturday, I'm taking that championship from you. And Kenny says, you know what? I want you to live up to your true potential. I want us 
to deliver a classic on Saturday, and I would love nothing more than to have the greatest championship match against you. So may the best man win. He shakes Hangman's hand, and he says, Hangman, proud of you. And before Kenny signs the contract, the shady, shifty cameraman blindsides Hangman and hits him with said camera, and the cameraman was revealed to be... None other than Don Callis has been off television for the last six or so weeks. And Kenny Omega is tapping the blood of Hangman Page on his fingers. And he signs the contract in blood to make the match official for Saturday. What a way to end the show. Great promos from both Omega and Page. And I expect an absolute classic for the AEW World Championship. And I still want my prediction to come true. And that Hangman wins. The Dark Order comes out to celebrate. It's a beautiful, lovely moment. And from the tunnel, in the shadows, the Young Bucks watch. And they want to be there for their former best friend, but they can't because they feel guilty. This has been a story well over two years in the making, and Hangman Page's time is now, and the show next week for Dynamite goes down in Virginia, and it better be a cowboy shit celebration of the ages for the new king of AEW, Adam Hangman Page. And with that, this wraps up a very effective go-home show for AEW. This is how you do it. I've complained for a year now about how AEW tends to miss a peak for these pay-per-views every now and then. But thanks to Rampage, now they know how to produce that final heart sell. And thankfully, they had an extra week for full gear to make this show pop even more. You look at the lineup, it is stacked. I expect several matches to be stellar, if not fantastic. And I honestly believe that full gear has a potential to surpass all out from an entering standpoint. It's not going to recapture the magic of the moments except Hangman winning, of course. But in terms of matches up and down the card, this could be one of the best pay-per-views in AEW history. And that is a tall order, but the lineup is pretty damn stacked with the main event that could be one of the best championship matches in AEW history. And that is high praise and high hopes coming from yours truly. And I expect nothing less heading into Saturday's pay-per-view. And with that, this wraps up episode number 38 of the Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TNT. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestleTopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily, recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. For free to download past episodes on all of your favorite podcast directories, dating back to season one as we get ready for Full Gear going down in a couple of days' time from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, followed by WWE Survivor Series going down next Sunday, November 21st, from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. You know what to do. Search Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 13 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. 